0: Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. When you think about this, I mean, the Holy Spirit is this like seemingly intangible cosmic being that permeates the entire earth with His presence. He's you know somehow mysterious and so incomprehensible that we may define him as actually unrelatable, but that's completely untrue. The Holy Spirit is here with us, and just as God and the Father and God the Son have personal qualities, so does the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to have a personal relationship with us once we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. We're gonna talk about that today. This first week on our series on the Holy Spirit, we talked about how the Holy Spirit, or how there are three unique and distinct persons. Of the Godhead that we call the Trinity, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, how they work in total unity with one another, how the Father loved us so much that he sent his Son, and the Son did everything he could to point us back to the Father. And when the Son died and was buried and was resurrected and ascended back to the Father, the Holy Spirit was sent, and the Holy Spirit does everything that he can to reveal the Son, so when we find the Son, we find the Father. And all three of them work uh, as the Godhead, all in unity. That second week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, that when God was saying, let there be light, in his voice, and that was coming from his mouth, that, that was the Holy Spirit riding on the words of the Father, doing the work of creation, and how when Jesus breathed upon the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit, that was the Holy Spirit being injected inside of them as a living, tangible proof that God is their Father. Last week, we talked about being born again in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, how the moment we say yes to Jesus, we receive a new heart and a new spirit, then the Holy Spirit comes to actually dwell within us. I encourage you guys, last week, and I'll continue to encourage you, we have to slow down in our quiet times with the Lord and like sit on this and rest on this and realize that God loved you enough to literally implant His Spirit inside of you to live in you. At the moment you say yes to Jesus, your eternal life begins, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that lived in Jesus for the remainder of his life, as going up to be with the Father, lives in you. We live as if God's like a distant God and he's far away and we're throwing up what I call those Hail Mary prayers, but God's living in you through his spirit. I think it, it, it takes time to really allow that to hit your heart in a way that you can actually cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I want to talk about it today. I want to talk about how we can actually know the Holy Spirit personally, how we can have a personal relationship. Listen, if the Bible says that we are to be led by the Spirit, then the Spirit's going to teach us all truth, and the Spirit's our advocate, helper, counselor, and guide, we should probably know how to interact with Him so we can know how to follow Him. Right? So if God says, this is the way I've put this in place, I'm placing my spirit in you and you are to follow him and live by him. Then as we worship the father, as we talk to the father, as we pray to the father in the name of Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the spirit is God's power on this earth. The spirit is God's wisdom on the earth. The spirit is God's knowledge on this earth. The spirit is God on this earth. So as we're worshiping him, we don't have to feel like we're worshiping something inside of us. We're worshiping the Father. But we know that he has sent his spirit that we can have a personal relationship with as we move throughout life. There's a lot of evidence that the Holy Spirit's in our hearts. We read a lot of these scriptures. I just want to retract our minds back to last week. In 1 Corinthians six nineteen. it says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. God does not live behind a curtain in a temple that we go to visit anymore. God lives in us, and where we go, he is, right? It says the kingdom of God. It's not this intangible external thing. The kingdom of God is within you, Scripture says. So when you're walking somewhere and you go somewhere, the kingdom of God should be showing up with you. He is showing up with you, but are we manifesting that? Are we hosting him as actually believing that everywhere we go, we're a moving temple? Like, think about that. Everywhere you walk, you are a moving, mobile temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. Ezekiel 36, I will put my spirit, that's a capital S, that's the Holy Spirit. You get a new heart and a new human spirit. Your human spirit is regenerated. That's the lowercase s in those verses. But the capital S means that he's putting his Holy Spirit in you. and says to move you to follow his decrees. In Romans 8.15, it says the Spirit, again, capital S, that you received brought about your adoption to sonship, which would be da- daughtership as well. We were adopted by him and we receive him as a down payment then. In 2 Corinthians 1.21 and 22, it says that he set his seal of ownership on us and he put his Spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come. This should get us excited to know that God has trusted us to partner with us in these ways. I mentioned this verse already. We've talked about it pretty much every week. In John 20, Jesus is with his disciples. This is uh, the evening of his resurrection, okay? So he lives 33 and a half years. Those three and a half years, he's in ministry. He lives a perfect life. He's, he, he offers a perfect sacrifice, dies the perfect death. He's buried and he's resurrected. On the morning, he sees some people, he interacts with them. That evening, he's with them, they're still afraid. And he's talking to them and he's saying, peace be with you. And it says, and with that, he breathed on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. So at that moment, they receive that Holy Spirit. And then later on, just a few, just about a week later, a little bit over a week later, uh, then they receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, a mighty, powerful Baptism. As I started looking at these verses here, where it says He breathed on them, it says, "Receive the Holy Spirit." In the original Greek, the article "the" is not there. So what he's saying is, "Receive Holy Spirit." So it's like whenever uh, my, one of my, my kids talk to me, they don't say, "Hello, the daddy," right? Or "The Mary is coming over from dinner," or, you know, for dinner tonight. It keeps it quite intangible and in distance when you put "the" in front of it. We'll talk about God, the Father, the Heavenly Father. But when we pray to him, we don't say, the Father, will you, our Father. So to know that Jesus wasn't saying, receive this intangible emanating force, the Holy Spirit, go ahead and have him. He's saying, receive Holy Spirit. That makes him a lot more personal than just the power of God, the force of God. No, it makes him relatable. It makes him understandable that we can actually follow his lead throughout life. So we know that he's in us. Now, what do we do with him? We're temples of the Holy Spirit. Do we just ignore that? Or do we interact with him? Do we learn how he leads us and how he guides us? See, I believe one of the, the frequent errors in, in Christianity, especially, especially charismatic Pentecostal Christianity, is when we hear Holy Spirit, we just think power and manifestation gifts and tongues and prophecy, like all these things, but then we actually forget about the basics of actually knowing him, like personally, cultivating a relationship with the Spirit of God who lives in you that you can actually understand and discern his voice, so that you can walk in holiness before you're worried about walking in power. Does that make sense? Like I, I, don't, I, I don't really care to manifest in all of these gifts if we can't like allow him to get us through a little bit of anger. Or to get through a hard day without breaking. Or without like being able to pray for an answer and then actually hearing the voice of the Lord. Maybe not audibly, but you, you'll hear him in your knower, <laughs> in your conscience to know that the Holy Spirit's always speaking through us. So yeah, we'll talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about gifts of the Spirit and so on. We have to get this right first, or we'll be known for, for everything that's, that we're manifesting outwardly, and we won't actually know him personally. So I'm not gonna read these scriptures today. We'll go over them in these upcoming weeks, but the, the, the Holy Spirit has personal qualities that allow us to interact with him personally, that allow us to know him personally. He has a personality. The Holy Spirit has a mind, he has a will, he has emotions. The Holy Spirit has knowledge and wisdom. Scripture proves all these things to be true. The Holy Spirit can be pleased, he can be grieved, and he can be insulted. He can be communed with, the scriptures say. He can also be lied to and he can also be blasphemed. He does the work of God, like searching the deep things of God, like understanding the thoughts of God. Scriptures say he intercedes for us. He calls out to the Father on our behalf, Abba, Father. He counsels us, he guides us, he teaches us all truth. And in Acts, he allows certain ministry and he also forbids certain ministry. So if we think of all the personal qualities that he has, just like the Father and just like the Son, we should get to know him a lot more personally than we might right now. And I do believe it's more than a head knowledge, and I think Scripture shows this as well. It might come in as head knowledge, but once you begin uh, to mull over it meditate on it, and that something's going to hit your heart that you really begin to understand the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. You begin to understand what He's doing in your life, how He interacts with you uh, throughout your daily life, not just for the big miracle, but for every single day leading and guiding and counseling and helping once that comes, I believe that you'll, you'll truly know and understand what a personal relationship with him means. I believe it deals with intimacy, so I'm going to talk about that word a little bit. Intimacy is really what we're after with God. We want to have true intimacy with the Father, but it comes through the Holy Spirit. When you think of that word intimate, it's very hard to think of being intimate with a thing or an object, Right? It's like you think of being intimate with a person or a group of people. Even the the definition for intimate, to be intimate. says a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person or group. I've heard this uh, illustration used for the word intimacy uh, one time before. That intimacy stands for into me you see. So if you're truly intimate with someone, it's not just about physical relationship. It's about allowing them to see into you. Into me, you get to see when you're intimate with someone. That's a whole different, a whole different game when you're thinking about it. See, I, I believe, you, at least in, in America, I don't know about other nations, but we have perverted that word intimacy so much that we think, oh, that happens in the bedroom. That's where intimacy happens. See, in our Eastern culture, we think of, or in our, I'm sorry, in our Western culture, we think of the word intimate, and that's what we think of. We can actually put a, a you know a location on it. But in the Eastern culture, when you see through Scripture, when you're talking about being intimate with someone, it's about being transparent. It's about being vulnerable. It's about not having any dark dark corners in your heart. And God wants to have that type of intimacy with us, and He does that through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. I wanna look at at scripture here of intimacy between people, between man and woman, and how that same root word is used between us and God and being intimate. In Genesis chapter four, verse one, the scriptures will be on the screen. In the NIV, it says, Adam lay with his wife Eve. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Now that's in the NIV. In the American Standard Version, it says this. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man with the help of Jehovah. That, that phrase lay with, that we usually think, there's obvious physical implications of what that means, right? An adult's going to read through that and say, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about, but do you? I like in the other translation where it says that, that the man knew Eve. That comes from a Hebrew word, it's yadah. Y-A-D-A. And what it means is to know, to notice, to learn, to reveal, to become known, and to realize. Did you notice that there's nothing physical in that definition? What we see as we're reading Scripture is a physical expression of what was already between them in their heart. So when we think about our relationship with God, all of the, the gifts and the answered prayers and the manifestations that happen, those should all be outward expressions that come from a relationship with him already in our heart. When I saw the breakdown of this word several years back, I don't, I don't ever look at these verses the same. This was not some, you know, several minutes, several hour whatever uh, experience between Adam and Eve. This was an intimate relationship that they had, and out of that, children were birthed. Think about that between us and God. An intimate relationship that we can have, and out of that, spiritual children are birthed. It's such a beautiful picture of what he puts in the physical as a picture of what should be happening in the spiritual. Think about that too. Like, you know, I I give my my children a kiss uh, every night before they go to sleep. You know, we we embrace and so on. Now, that expression, that's an outward expression of what love we have already inside, right? And I'm putting this with my kids instead of my wife because I want you to get it outside than just husband and wife. But think about how odd that would be if a parent offered that same expression of love to a child they didn't even know. But that's how we've perverted it in this country, right? People are trying to offer each other an expression of love with people they don't even know, people they've hooked up with at the bar, when what the Scripture says is, is that you should know someone in the word of yada, meaning to come to know, to realize, to be in depth with them, so that into me you can see. And it's out of that internal relationship there's an external expression. Now, this same root word of yada is used between our relationship with God, not just between man and woman. It shows up in Exodus 33, 13. It says, now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, let me know your ways. That, that has the root word of yada in it. Let me know your ways that I may know you. That I might find, so that I might find favor in your sight. Consider, too, that this nation is your people. What he's saying here is this. I want to know your ways so that I will know you, so that I will be intimate with you, that I will be close to you, that I'll be understand, understand you and under, be understood by you. So he wants to watch and, and, and be able to observe the happenings of God and how he moves on this earth and what he was doing. And as looking at that, He catches the personality of God, the heart of God, the love of God, the activity of God. And through that, he's saying, now I finally know you through personal experience. That's a huge difference in looking at somebody from afar and just saying, okay, I've watched you for a little bit, and now I, I have head knowledge about you, or I've read a book about you. This book is not to just give you head knowledge. This book is to draw you into an encounter with the one who wrote it oh yeah, I know God, I, I've, I've memorized a few scriptures and I could find the verse and so on. No, that's not the purpose of this book. This is living and active. This is supposed to bring us into an encounter and an experience with the Father. So like, I, I know him. It's the difference between talking about somebody that's in another room and talking to them face to face. It's the difference between looking at a at a picture frame and saying, Oh, yeah, I know them. I was at a a reunion with them once, and actually having a personal relationship with them. So there are a lot, there are a lot of Christians that they'll say yes to Jesus by raising their hand once in a service, and they'll just think that they're on their way to heaven, but they don't actually get to know the one who wrote this book. We'll see later on. The The intent of eternal life is not to just say yes to Jesus one time and then think you're in. It's to know him personally. In Isaiah 43, verse 10, it says, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, my servant whom I've chosen, so that you may know and believe me. It's the same root, this word has the same root word as Adam knew Eve. Follow this out here, so that you may know me, be revealed to me, be intimate with me, and believe me, and understand that I am he. See, we do it backwards. We like have all this head knowledge and all this understanding and then sometimes get to this. And God's saying, no, 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 uh -uh. I want you to experience me. I want you to encounter me. I want you to have moments in your life that are undeniable that someone can never argue you out of. And then you'll understand me. You'll understand that I'm he. If the reverse is true and we just have the head knowledge, someone will eventually be able to argue you out of it. There'll be a teacher in high school. There'll be somebody that challenges you with the right argument, with the right perspective. And you'll say, I I just don't know. Maybe you're right, maybe you're right. Because all of your knowledge of him is here instead of here with the Holy Spirit. So this is a deep experience, a deep personal relationship that we are to have. He's talking about this relationship is with the Father, but who is God on this earth? Who's revealing the Father on this earth right now? The Holy Spirit. So as we're developing our relationship with the Father, we're also developing that relationship with the Holy Spirit. In the New Testament, in John chapter 14, we have hit on this verse for the last, this is all four weeks of this, this series so far. Jesus is teaching on the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm gonna ask the Father. He's gonna give you another counselor to be with you forever. He's the Spirit of truth. That's the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. And some translations say, and he will soon be in you. And we see just a few chapters later when he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is the New Testament. It's written in a different language, all right? So now we're not in Hebrew for Yada anymore. We're in Greek here. This word in Greek is called ginosko. You don't have to remember that. What I want you to know is it has a very similar definition to yadah. So when he's saying, listen, the world does not know him, but you know him because he's with you and he will soon be in you. The definition of that word is to know, to be aware of, to be familiar with, to learn to know through personal experience. I want you guys to catch this. When they're saying, hey, when he's talking to the disciples saying, listen, the world doesn't know him, but you know him. He's saying, "You, you have seen him, you've breathed him in, you've experienced him. How have they done that? Through the life of Jesus. Right, So they have a personal relationship with the Spirit of God who's already with them through the life of Jesus. We say, oh yeah, you know him. And we think in this culture, you heard a sermon about him one time and you heard that there's a God, the Father and the Son and now you know about the Holy Spirit so now you know he exists. It is so much deeper than that. There's a personal conviction and a reality that he actually exists. Just a few chapters later in John chapter 17, he is praying that he may be glorified. This is Jesus praying that he may be glorified and also that the disciples would be one. And in verse three, he says, now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This word know is gnosko. This word know is is a personal experience with God, an ongoing relationship. It's it's, it's a knowledge that comes through an encounter. It's an understanding that comes through a relationship. Do you guys understand this? What is eternal life? Is eternal life raising your hand in a service? No, eternal life is knowing the one true God through Jesus Christ. I was just talking to my kids about this, I think it was like last night or maybe even this morning at breakfast, I can't remember. Well, I've had people in my office say, well, I can't remember the moment in time. Like the, all these, these individuals are gonna be water baptized. We ask them, have you given your life to Jesus? Do you know that time? You know, what's your testimony? How do you know you, you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I've had people in my office before say, I don't know if I'm saved. I, I, don't, I don't know if, I, if I'm born again. I can't remember that specific moment. I was a kid, I don't remember that day. I'll just ask them like, are you currently following Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Like, do you know him as your Lord and Savior right now? Well, yeah. Okay, then you're saved. You're born again. You know him. So eternal life isn't just about the hand raised or the coming down and saying a prayer and thinking you're into heaven. Eternal life is knowing the Father through personal experience, through relationship, through ongoing following of him as your Lord and your Savior. Amen. He goes on to say, Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, same word, I know you and they know you that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me in them or may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So he's saying here that Jesus is going to be what? In them. How is Jesus in them? How is Jesus in them? Say through the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna skip through some verses because of time, but even in Colossians one, I think it's in in verse 27. Yeah, it says that God has chosen to make known to the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery. What is the glorious riches of his mystery? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So let me ask you a question. Does Jesus live in a little box inside of your heart? Like you can open the little, here goes Jesus. There are several scriptures that say that Jesus lives in you, that Christ would be in you, and you're in Christ. Got it. Pastor Chris is here. Kids are on this side. We're going to finish up in a moment. But it's not a small Jesus living in your heart. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is who came upon people in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is who Jesus breathed into man uh, before he ascended. The Holy Spirit is who fell upon man and woman the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the hope that we have in the glorious forever that we're going to be able to spend with the Father. So this is my encouragement to you. We're going to finish up here. My encouragement to you is to begin to develop and cultivate your awareness of the Holy Spirit through turning your affections toward him and beginning to be more aware of how he's responding to you. For instance, uh, flight, uh, p- flight pilots, when training for the military, uh, they go into a flight simulator. Now, without oxygen, they can't fly, right? If oxygen it leaves the cockpit, they're not gonna survive. Now, there are... There are um, Warning things on there that will warn them. But what they do is they go through a test in case that warning ever malfunctions. So while they're in the flight simulator, they'll start to leak out oxygen, start to take out oxygen. And as soon as they they do that, they won't let the pilot know. And they'll say, I want you to record what you're sensing. So you know my muscles are tightening up. I'm starting to feel lightheaded, dizzy. The hair on my arms are starting to stand up. And they'll write all these things. And right before the pilot passes out, they'll bring all the oxygen back in and they'll say, what did you observe? They'll so say, I observed this and this and this and this. And they say, now I want you to use these symptoms in all of the future times. So if you're ever sensing these things, check all of your monitors, make sure things are working and then take the, appro- uh, the appropriate measures. And that's what I want, to do with, I want you to do with the Holy Spirit. I want you to begin to interact with him and say, he's not taking oxygen away from you. He's breathing life into you. And you're saying, I'm just turning my affections, affections, just turn your attention to him. Father, I just just come to become more aware of you right now. Father, I think, actually just close your eyes. Father, even right now, we turn our affections towards you. God, though we're not looking for anything physical, what we are sensing in this moment and what we sense in our future times of prayer time, we wanna use those as symptoms that you're in the room, that you're coming in a greater measure. Father, we wanna use that as evidence that you are speaking to us. And Father, we do. We we cry out to you today. Even your scriptures, my heart and my flesh cry out. My soul yearns to understand you more, to have relationship with you more. Father, we don't ever want it to be about reading out of the Bible and then never experiencing you or what's in that book. We want that book to draw us into a greater relationship with you. And Father, I do, I pray for every single person in this room today, every person that's called central their home, that we would be able to turn our affections towards you in such a way that we'd begin to actually be able to, to discern when you're speaking to us, how you're leading us, what the answers to our prayers are, what decisions we need to make in the future. God, you've never intended on this being hard. You've never intended on this being some, uh, some hunt that we have to go out and find your answer. You've placed your spirit in us. And Father, we wanna be more and more aware of him. We wanna be able to discern his voice as you speak to us. And Father, we ask that to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is something that I started uh, years ago. I just heard heard another pastor do it, but this is my encouragement to you, is before you go, just, just start this, even tonight. Before you go to sleep at night, you know whatever you're thinking about right before you go to bed, you, you want to position your soul in the right direction uh, before you allow your, all the you know, brain activity for your dreams and so on. Even if you spend two minutes, three minutes before you fall asleep at night, turn your affections toward him. So what's that mean? You just turn your thoughts and your love toward him. You thank him for what he's done. today. just become more and more aware of the father, knowing that the father's activity in your life is through the Holy Spirit. So as you're turning your affection, your love, your attention toward him, begin to, uh, either mentally or in a journal, record those symptoms, if you will. Record how he's speaking to you. Record answers to prayers, and you will get more and more confident in how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Can you put a big old cap on this? Say, amen! Amen. 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 Let's do this, Pastor Chris. What we're going to do is bring the children uh, into the sanctuary, we're just gonna ask parents, you can stand actually at this time, you're going to as easily as possible just get your child's attention. You can come forward if you need to. Now yeah, you can just whip that door open, Chris, and start coming in. There's just a few more. Yep, so just parents, you're just gonna just get your child's attention. They're gonna come back and sit with you. And I just wanna introduce water baptism to you, and then we're gonna have a fun time celebrating with these folks. Yeah, parents, even as you're getting them, Uh, We know that the candidates here have already gone through their class and they understand water baptism, but again, as soon as these kids are starting to sit down, we want to share with you once again. All right, for those of you who might uh, be newer to water baptism or to church, I want to just explain just a few short things so you know what you're watching here. We do not believe that water baptism in itself saves you, but it's an act of faith symbolizing in the physical everything that we're expecting that happened in the spiritual, the time that you were born again. If you look through the book of Acts also, you'll see it time after time after time. If you don't have a child, you can can put your attention up here, it's fine. Um, Time after time, as soon as people are born again, they were water baptized. As soon as they were born again, they were water baptized. In Scripture, in that time, they understood water baptism. They understood what it meant, how it, what it symbolized, what declaration it meant. In today's day and age, they're like, why are you putting me in water in front of a bunch of Christians? So we take time to teach what that means, how it is a declaration of new life. So what we're doing is following the pattern of Jesus. And we're following the pattern of the book of Acts. Water baptism is an act of faith. Saying the old is gone and the brand new is here. If you look through the book of Romans or the chapter six of the book of Romans, it's a statement of death. It's a statement of burial, and it's a statement of resurrection. This is all found in water baptism. So it's basically this. When you go down into the water, you are declaring the old sinful nature is dead. It's been crucified on the, Christ, on the cross with Christ. You're saying, well, Jesus kind of did this for me. No, he did this as you. He actually took your sins. He became your sin and went up on that cross. So when you're going under the water, when these candidates go under the water, they're saying, this is what happened to me in the spiritual. I have died to my old sinful nature. Every sin I've ever committed has been nailed to the cross. When they're under that water, it's a picturing as if that old man is being buried, dead, gone, never to be resurrected again. There's also the picture as they're going into that water, and that water is rushing over them, like the blood of Jesus rushes over them and forgives all of their sins. And when they're coming up out of that water, it's a bold declaration to say, The new man, the new woman, the new life is here. I'm resurrected with Jesus, becoming a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. And Romans 6, chapter, I'm sorry, verse 3 and 4 it says, Don't you know? that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. He says, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is what water baptism is. It's not just a spiritual exercise. It's not just one of the ordinances of the church. It is a bold declaration of what has happened to you spiritually, and you're doing it physically. I want, to, I want you to see three things quickly. When Jesus was water baptized in Matthew chapter 3, verse, starting at verse 16, it says as soon as Jesus was baptized, that was a full immersion into the water. It says he came up out of the water. So we see water baptism, Happened to him. It says at that moment heaven was open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. I want you just to see three things because we're gonna be praying into these three things for these candidates. First, he was fully immersed into water to show us what true righteousness would look like, and that's what these candidates are doing today. Secondly, the Spirit of God actually descended on him. Jesus did not perform any miracles before he was water baptized. If you follow his life, it was after baptism, after water baptism, but more importantly, it was after spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit came and fell upon him, descended on him in that moment. And then the voice of the Father spoke audibly to Jesus at that moment. So what we're gonna do uh, in just a few moments, we're gonna send a prayer team back that's actually been paired up with each one of these candidates. And they're gonna go into the tank here. And of course, you can't see it because of our wall. You'll see it on the screen. It's right behind that curtain there. And we're gonna go into the water. And after that, just a prayer partner is gonna spend some time. And we're gonna just trust that the Holy Spirit's gonna come and fall upon them just as he did uh, the day Jesus was baptized. And we're also gonna pray that the Father speaks audibly to them, not in a weird way, just through the voice of the person praying with them. Does that make sense? We're gonna pray that the Lord, the Lord speaks prophetically uh, through our team. But first, we're gonna have uh, Sharice bring up the candidates we're gonna share with you briefly. I'm gonna ask that the prayer team just make their way back now so you can get uh, the towel set up and just begin interceding for them as they present today. So you guys can come on up at this time.
1: I just would encourage you as a church family to position your hearts to be in prayer for those who are here today and stay through the very end of service to celebrate with our church family who is choosing to be baptized today. We have a great bunch of uh, family members coming to be with them. We have a great amount of children who have chosen to be baptized today as well. So as everybody's getting into place, um, there's nothing better than knowing Jesus. Amen? Amen. And as we know Jesus, we know the Father and we know the Spirit. I have personal knowledge of a lot of the people who are going to be standing before you today of the true transformation that has happened in their life, not only for some of the children, but also for some of the adults. And what they're going to be doing today is they're going to be sharing with you from their hearts about that transformation in their life. And just be encouraged. Let your faith be built today. And for those of you who have yet to be baptized, I just pray it stirs in your hearts as well that you would follow the example of Christ that he has set before us in Scripture, that you too would follow his example, Um, the true transformation of salvation and then water baptism. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Let all old things have passed away and all things have become new. This is a good looking bunch. Let's give them a hand as they get ready today. So they are raised to life today in their decision for baptism. I'm going to read Um, a series of questions for them. They've already been uh, trained in their um, Wednesday night class for baptism training, and so they're fully aware of what we're going to do next, and then they're going to be reading to you um, their stories of transformation. So, candidates, are we ready? Everybody ready? Okay. So the three questions are as follows. Do you admit that at some point in your life you have sinned against God and that you need a Savior? If so, say, I do. Do Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and was raised to life for your salvation? If so, say, "I I do. Amen. And do you confess now that Jesus is your Lord and Savior? If so, say, I do amen amen so we're going to start with these stories and our first candidate today is Tony Giacalone. Uh the reason I chose to be baptized today it's because it's time to declare that my past and my old conscience is dead and <laughs> my new identity and my new conscience is found in Christ and not in this world so, my old love, my old life is not being put to death.
0: Yes. And the joyful new Tony's gonna to come back. Amen.
1: Amen. Next, we have Maggie Cherney. I'm ready to get this party started, y'all. <laughs> your paper
0: I am so sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm so tired of the whining and the wailing. He has changed my wailing into dancing. He has removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. He has summoned me by name. And I'm starting over because I
1: belong to Jesus now, y'all.
0: Bring it.
1: We have Deidre Haynes. Today, I have the honor to be baptized. I'm thankful for what the Lord has given me and continues to do in my life. Amen. I want to be obedient to the Lord by being baptized of the Holy Spirit for eternal salvation and to be a new person in Christ um, by giving my life completely to the Lord. Amen. Jared Nolan, such a beautiful story with their family, marriage, and such a beautiful story of healing, and you'll get to hear some testimony come from this family soon to come.
0: It's, uh, it's a freedom from my past, but I, so I don't forget where I came from, and I can keep a constant state of gratitude. And I'm being baptized today because Jesus is a loving God who would sit and conversate with sinners, but wouldn't love them any less. And i want to apply Jesus' example of love and faith to my life.
1: Amen. And what a beautiful picture from here on out that the young people of our church are saying to you, from my youth I have known the Lord. Amen. We're going to start here with Cade Barton.
0: I'm being water baptized today because it is, it will make
1: Jesus happy and it is good. I want everything gone and to no longer. Change. I'm want to finish that last part of your sentence. I want everything gone and to no longer. I'll help you. And to no longer be afraid. That's right. Say it, buddy. Amen. amen all fear is gone just like we sang this morning i'm no longer a slave to fear amen we are children of the lord all right we have dylan falvo here dylan falvo okay buddy i am being water baptized today because i want to show people how what god has already done in my heart i'm looking forward to leaving behind all the sins and bad things i've done and done and leaving and living for jesus for the rest of my life amen good job Job. this is jasmine gruda and if i may yeah go ahead if i may briefly share the first time i met jasmine i briefly asked her at our first time i was like hi you know do you do you attend church or no do you attend church somewhere and she went mm-hmm. and i knew that it wasn't the full truth and then she started hanging out around here and the transformation when she met jesus her eyes became brighter her countenance completely changed and she has been full in from that first moment on all right jasmine so i've decided to get baptized today because i want to be physically cleansed from my sins and strengthen my walk with god because of how much he has changed my life and will continue to do so forever amen We have Natalie Brock. Today I'm being baptized because I want to be completely obedient to Jesus. I want to take the next step, and I want to live my whole entire life for him and him alone. Amen. We have Connor Bradley. Today I'm being baptized because I want all my fear and sin to go away. Amen. That's right, We have Kiara Harmon. Kiara is one of Miss Amy's friends from Washington, the States. Kiara knows how to pray, storm the heavens. So, Kiara, you want to share with us? I want to be baptized today because I love Jesus and I want to be rid of my sins of my past and have Jesus in my future. He's there. Amen. I'm going to take a little step forward here, okay. Well, we know this guy, and I have to hold the microphone because, you know, he, gets, he talks really fast, but he gets a little long-winded, so we love him very much. This is Pastor Chris, our children's pastor. What would you like to share with us today, Pastor Chris?
0: Uh, well, where, where should I begin? <laughs> uh, years ago, I was baptized on a military base with a chaplain, and I had no idea what I was doing and as i grew in my walk with jesus i realized how significant and important that it was and so the lord showed me that the old does pass away and everything becomes new that's and that's what i'm doing is for today is to say you know what jesus have it all i surrender all in jesus name and
1: so parents when you are home today at lunch and just have that the opportunity to to share with your children that the representation that your children's pastor has taken this to heart again and making a true example to your children um, in ministry and in his walk with the Lord. And it wasn't just something that was long ago and it just didn't kind of settle with, so now he's making it that true example. So just take that time over lunch today with your kids. Um, Last but not least, there's these two little guys here on the end. Um, Your parents must be very proud of you today. (laughs) This is Levi and Samuel Jenkins. These are Pastor Kurt and Sharice's children. So what would you like to share today, Levi Jenkins? Um, I'm being baptized today because I fully understand what being baptized means. I want to share that I'm coming out of my sinful nature and coming into my new body. I want to live my life for Jesus forevermore. And Samuel? What baptism means to me that it's a symbol when you are above water you are in your old sinful nature, and when you go down in the water you are dying to your old self, and when you come out of the water it's a symbol that your sins are forgiven. Good job. That was that was a sermon in a sentence, and maybe somebody might lose their job. I don't know. All right, you guys ready, Pastor Todd? lead them on. Amen. It's time to go take a dunk. So, we've behind the scenes, we've had so many people getting things prepared and organized. Towels have everybody's name on them. They've got their bags for wet clothes with their names. Everything's prepared. The hallways warmer back there for people when they come out. The worship team is set today. We're prepared today for some worship in between our sets and so we're just doing things a little bit differently um, and we hope that you'll be a part of it so they're getting ready to be baptized again pastor kurt mentioned that everything will be on the screen here above so if you're wondering where, well, how are we going to see it it's going to be on the screen and so, Pastor Adam and the team are ready to just flow in and out of some celebration worship with us as um, those who are being baptized uh, prepare for that. You'll see different people in the tank today, those who um, have been ministering and discipling, different people um, through, their, through, through their walk with the Lord, different pastoral team members, and so you might be wondering, and uh, the, the parents are also going back so they can be a part of that as well, just a special moment for them. Let's pray as they get ready to just partake of this uh, just spiritual moment with the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, from the smallest to the tallest in that, in that line, I just ask for just an outpour of your Holy Spirit just to bless each one. I just ask, Lord, that you would minister to their hearts. We just thank you, Lord, that their nerves are just signifying that it's a, this is a good day for them. And I ask, God, that you would just bless them You would minister, Lord Jesus. You would stir that water. You would bring healing. You would bring restoration. And the old would fall off and the new would be restored. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. We call it done. And everybody said, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.